1: Many leaders of the Pentecostal movement promoted a God of wrath, using fundamental passages of scripture and twisting them out of context to suit his own purpose. William Branham was no exception. Throughout the Old Testament, we find examples of the many attributes of God, which include love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control which Paul described as the gifts of the Spirit. After describing them, Paul says, Against such things there is no law. These are the attributes of God. But the most fundamental element of this list is love. If you love, you are patient. If you love, you are kind. If you love, you are gentle, in self-control, and filled with joy. God is not the God of wrath that was promoted by the message of William Branham. He is a God of love that is promoted by the Bible. But God is also a God of justice, which is the primary focus of the Pentecostal movement, a God who they resurrected law to promote. Not the entire Mosaic law, however. The Pentecostal movement pick and chose which laws suited their agendas both from the Old Covenant and the New. Women must have the long hair, which they claim was a new law established by the Apostle Paul. But they ignore the portion of Scripture stating that women must not braid their hair. The braiding of hair must have been cultural. Let's ignore that, but condemn the entire world of other Christians because they can't see which law that we picked from Paul's statements. William Branham's ministry focused solely upon the judgment side of the scriptures, which promoted an imbalanced God, a God that many who leave the message refuse to serve. And with absolute justified reason, if this ministry was based on complete fiction, then this God must also be fiction. How could God pretend to love the world enough to send his only son to die for us, if he is a God of wrath that would not care about the people of Sodom, or of the people of the entire face of the planet during Noah's day. And William Branham combined scriptures from two different books of the Bible, promoting this God of wrath, as the same God that is ready to bring his vengeance down upon all who did not believe in his ministry. He is often quoted saying, As it was in the days of Noah, wherein eight souls were saved, so also shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man. But these passages of Scripture, one taken from the Gospels and the other one taken from First Peter 2 and 3, are describing two of the attributes of God, bringing them together, the God of love and the God of justice, to protect those who love him. Peter, describing exactly this fact, explains why the eight persons were saved. God's patience waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through water. That's First Peter 3.20. And you'll remember that this patience was one of the fruits of the Spirit, and is a result of the love of God. God protecting His own. Does that mean that God did not love the the people of Sodom? By no means. Just as we have a set of laws established to protect our good, our loving and caring people of today from the wicked and the evil of our cities, God has established Himself as a God of justice, to protect the righteous. And before you can understand what the righteous means, you must first remember that Branham twisted even that simple of a statement. Righteous does not mean those who believe William Branham to be a prophet of this last day. Those writing on the false teaching of the Pentecostal movement and this twisted God of wrath use Sodom as their example. Our God is a vengeful God, one who cares so little for mankind that he would demolish an entire city filled with people. Branham used Sodom as his his example for almost every major doctrine. Billy Graham, another Christian man, speaking to other Christian people, was described by William Branham as going down into Sodom by speaking to the Christian denominations of faith, all while he himself pretended to do the same thing through the full Gospel Businessman's Association. Some pastors, influenced by this false teaching, use homosexuality as their platform for Sodom. The city was filled with homosexuals, so filled that God smote them from the face of the earth. I've heard this false teaching coming from so many pulpits that it is evident to see that the Pentecostal movement has infected the church. If we read Ezekiel 16, we find that Sodom was condemned for losing their love of their fellow man. And God said that Jerusalem was worse than Sodom because she prostituted herself to the other pagan nations who also had lost their love for the fellow man. This love, The summary of all the attributes of God is what God considers to be righteous. But to protect those who have this love for their fellow man in their hearts, God must become a God of justice. Abraham pleaded with him to spare Sodom. Genesis 18 explains that Abraham begged God, If there be fifty who had righteousness, love for their fellow man found in Sodom please let them be spared. There was not. Abraham continued to plead, Lord, if there be 45, let them be spared. All the way down to 10, Abraham begged. If there just be 10 people found in the city, a massive city filled with thousands of people, according to history, God would have spared them. 10 people who had love for their fellow man. But there was not. These people, filled with hatred and evil, filled with idolatry, pagan sacrifice, and more, were a threat to God's people. They were a threat to love itself. Selfishness breeds contempt. For the sake of love, for the sake of mercy, for the sake of patience, long-suffering, peace, God must become a God of justice. The wicked must be removed. Just as the wicked must be removed during Noah's time, God loved righteousness, those who loved their fellow man, so much that he spared even eight souls from the entire face of the planet. God loved us enough to use the entire Old Testament, describing the history of the Mosaic Law as a tutor or an example to give us freedom. Just as we've learned in the Branham movement, law cannot produce love. Mankind cannot save themselves by trying to reinforce rules that do not abound in love. We cannot love a person if we are condemning them for the clothes that they wear, or the hair fashion, or the painted faces, if we prefer our laws over the love for them. There were 300 blessings if mankind kept the Mosaic Law. There were 300 curses if mankind failed the law. Curses that included severe punishment, even unto captivity, destruction of cities, and death. The final curse was to obliterate mankind from the face of the planet. Men like Branham use examples of God's justice for His law as their platform. But they did not reinstate the 300 blessings for keeping the law. Instead, they preached the 300 curses especially the day of the Lord, which was the curse of death. But God did not wipe mankind from the face of the earth. He loved us. He cared for us. He sent His only Son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. He sent Christ to live the law, to keep it, to fulfill it, and to lift it from us. He not only lifted the curse of the law, but He lifted the law itself, placing us under a new covenant, an eternal covenant of grace. He brought us back to the original faith of the fathers by showing us that righteousness, love of God and love of our fellow man, does not come by law. It comes by faith in Jesus Christ. Whenever I speak to somebody who has been trained to believe this God of wrath, I realize that I'm speaking to the same person that the Apostle Paul met in the temples of Baal. All they ever knew was this God of wrath. And this God of Israel must have seemed very much like their pagan gods. All they knew was justice. They never knew the reason behind the punishment of the Jews. But the Apostle Paul... Showing them the gospel of Jesus Christ, explained to them that it was because of them. God used the entire history of the children of Israel as what Paul called a tutor, an example that God loves us. God cares for us. God wants us to love one another, live in peace, and be free from wrath. This is the God of the Bible. This is the God that I now serve. This is the God that has set my family free. This is the God that has given us peace and has lifted us from the curse that had us bound for the last decades of our lives. If you don't know this God, and you believe that this Bible, this God of the Bible, is a God of wrath, then I beg you to start reading the Gospel of John. If you don't know the God of love, then you have never heard the Gospel of Jesus Christ.